Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Death Note. Today we will be discussing episode 24 titled Revival. <laughs> boy. <laughs> boy. This episode. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, so, finally, after many, many episodes of wondering what the hell Light's plan has been this entire time, uh, we finally get some specifics as to what his big brain move was, and honestly, okay, I'm just gonna say it, this is the most big brain move that Light has ever pulled. Like, this is honestly just peak Light intellect we are seeing. This is the most ingenious plan he ever concocted. The layers upon layers upon layers uh, the backups on backups on backups, the planning for every eventuality that we see uh, in both this episode and the next, it is, oh my god, it is, it is magnificent. It is utterly freaking magnificent. So, this episode picks up right where the last one left off. We have Higuchi surrounded, uh, we are arresting him... And we're in the midst of sort of interrogating him to find out how he kills, how he kills, how he kills. Uh, the chief and Ayazawa go out with the uh, face helmets and put a headset on him. And L just asks, hey, Higuchi, how do you kill? How do you kill people? And Higuchi's just like, and Higuchi tells L about the notebook, about the death note. I have a special notebook. That if I write someone's name in it while thinking of them, they die. And the chief goes into the car, starts searching, picks up the notebook, and is like, Oh yeah, here's this notebook. There are a bunch of names in this. I'm not sure how this... Oh my god! <laughs> Monster! Uh, and sees Rem. And one by one... You have every member of the task force picking up this death note 
and going, oh my god, a Shinigami is right there, uh, seeing Rem. And I love all the various reactions, all the various freakouts we see, all the various iterations of, oh my god, I'm looking at a Shinigami we get to see, uh, from the Chief to Aizawa to even L. Even L has a moment of, oh my god, Shinigami do exist. Like, even L has a bit of a moment to freak out. Uh, and then... The notebook goes to light. And all at once, the memories start flooding back. The memories rush back into his head. And light remembers his time as Kira. And at this moment, his, his entire demeanor ex- it changes. His expression changes. And in his inner monologue, he just goes, I won. And it's at this moment that we find out his plan. We flash back to that meeting with Ryuk and Rem. And we see him planning... Pretty much every move of what we saw in the last uh, two weeks worth of episodes. So, basically, the first thing that needs to be pointed out here. Light does a thing where uh, he forfeits ownership of Misa's death note to Rem. Has Rem give that death note, Misa's death note, to Ryuk. And then Ryuk drops it into the human world. Light picks it up and is like, okay, I own this Death Note now. And Ryuk comments and says, wait, it, it just went in a full circle. I don't get this. And Light at that moment says, maybe at first glance, but there'll be a time when this benefits me. More on that later. And then... Light forfeits death. death, uh, 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 death. Light forfeits ownership of his own death note to Ryuk and has Ryuk give it to Rem. And then he says to Rem, take this death note and give it to someone who is in a position of status. And is motivated by wealth and power. Uh, Looks to accumulate wealth and power. Uh, That person will... Automatically, inevitably, just use the Death Note for their own purposes. To suit their own purposes. Uh, That person will automatically use this Death Note to make sure they accumulate wealth and power. And that will, after a while, force L to let me and Misa out of captivity. Because people will start dying again, uh, have that person kill just enough people to keep up appearances as Kira, uh, but also allow them to kill for their own benefit, yada 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 yada. So, 
Kira's still in operation, but we can still pretty easily track him down. And then, once L is forced to let me and me set a prison, then the me who doesn't remember being Kira will probably want to uh, stay on the task force and probably want to still hunt down Kira. And then that Death Note will come back around to me. In the eventuality where we catch that new Kira. Uh, so basically, let's just, like, take my Death Note. Now, l- let, let's be clear as to where the Death Notes are right now. It is Light's Death Note that Rem took to Higuchi and that Light is holding now. It is Misa's Death Note that got buried in the woods. This is a very important distinction to make for a few reasons. Uh, a, it removes... Any possibility of some loophole getting tripped up, uh, where, oh, I don't know, like, if he touches Misa's Death Note, he only has the memories from when he owned Misa's Death Note and not, uh, his own Death Note, and so he only gets partial Kira memories, which, obviously, now, at this point in the series, we know that that's not a thing, but at that point, Light had no way of knowing. So, this closes that loophole, removes any possibility of that loophole getting tripped up. B, Light had Ryuk make some very specific alterations to his Death Note that we'll get into in a minute. And C, well, uh, we'll hold on C for a bit. C becomes important later. C becomes very, very important Later on in the episode. Uh, But basically he gave Rem his own Death Note. And is like, take this to someone with status who will want to use it for wealth and power. Have them kill just enough criminals to keep up appearances as Kira. uh, And also have them use it for their own gains so we can track them down easily. And then we saw the rest of that play out. We saw how the rest of that went. Everything went according to plan. Every single piece of this puzzle went just according to Light's grand design. And now we're at that helicopter. And we have an interesting challenge for Light to deal with. He has to kill Higuchi so that he won't talk any further. But he has to do it while holding the Death Note. Because until he kills someone, he doesn't own this Death Note. And if he lets go of it, his memories go away again. So he has to hold on to this Death Note. And write a name. So he pulls a little thing on his watch four times in less than a second. Little compartment pops out. It has a page of the Death Note on it. And a little pin. Uses the pin to prick his finger. And writes Higuchi's name in his own blood. The biggest of big brain moves. The biggest of big brain moves. Freaking moves. 
And I love, they draw out that time between when Light writes Higuchi's name on that scrap of Death Note and Higuchi dying. They draw that out so well. Like, I love that moment of just silence, uh, just tension in the air. Uh, Light thinking, this has to be the longest 40 seconds of my life. Uh, just utterly brilliant. And then Higuchi has a heart attack and dies. All the while, L in his own inner monologue is thinking, there's more than one notebook. This isn't over yet. Th- th- this is not over. There's There has to be more than one notebook. There has to be more than one notebook out there. We are not done. We are not done by any means. Like, this is half over at best. <laughs> this is half over at the absolute best and that's being charitable like we're still in this so Higuchi dies right in front of everyone in the task force Light now owns his death note again he's regained ownership of his death note it's his own Kira's back bitches Kira is back. And better than ever. So, it is at this moment that I need to talk about the alterations that Ryuk made to Light's Death Note. So, the task force is looking over the Death Note. And they're looking at the rules. They see the person's name written, dies in 40 seconds of a heart attack, uh, uh, unless cause of death specified, details must be written in 6 minutes, 40 seconds, yeah, 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 yeah. They're reading through these rules. And then, we get to the back cover. And there are extra rules added. That were absolutely... Not there before. In the era of Light Yagami Kira. They were absolutely not there the last time we saw that Death Note. The first one is, if this Death Note is destroyed in any way, any human who's touched it will die. Essentially assuring no one at the task force will destroy that Death Note. If it is rendered unusable, everyone is under threat of death. So no one's going to go up there and burn it. No one is going to uh, try and tear it up. No one, like the Death Note safety is assured. The safety of the Death Note is assured. The second one. If... The human who owns this Death Note does not write a name in it every 13 days. That person dies. Which means Light and Misa are completely cleared. Any suspicion that there is of Light and Misa being Kira and the second Kira is gone entirely. 
they can't be Kira. They were in prison for 50 days and they've been under constant surveillance even up to now. They can't have written a name every 13 days. That is impossible. And L has no choice but to believe this. L has no choice but to take this as face value because this is a mystical artifact defying all logic with rules written by a god of death. He can't question it. The most airtight alibi of all. The seemingly airtight words of a god. Big brain moves. Big brain moves. Dude thought of everything. (laughs) Dude thought of literally every single thing. So, those are the fake rules. And L tries questioning Rem. He gets nowhere. He gets literally nowhere with it. Because Rem just shuts the hell up and doesn't give any information to incriminate Light or Misa. But then, Light goes to Misa. And is like, hey, go go to this spot and dig up the Death Note. And Misa's like, oh, yeah, your memory's returned. I'll go and dig up this Death Note. And she goes into the woods. She digs up her own Death Note. She touches it. All of her memories are restored. So she's not just relying on the word of Rem. Hey, trust me, this happened. Now she has the memories of all the things happening. So all the memories return. She remembers all she did as the second Kira. Ryuk shows up. The two of them bond over apples. And Misa sees a note in the death note, in her death note from Light saying, Hey, you need to tell me L's name that you saw on on campus that one day. You need to tell me L's name. You need to tell me uh, L's real name. You need to give me this information, uh, write it in the death note or whatever, uh, do this and I will love you forever. Also, next time you see me, uh, gently nudge me with a piece of this death note so I can see Ryuk. This is all good, this is all great and makes Misa happy. However, Misa forgot L's real name because she sees so many names so many names above so many people every single day with the shinigami eyes so she simply forgot what l's real name was it simply slipped her mind and so in order to make light happy In order to get Light to fulfill his promise of loving her forever. She makes the ideal again. With Ryuk. And cuts her lifespan in half again. As a result. 
That, my friends, is C. That, my friends, is the third and probably most important reason why Light made damn sure that Rem was attached to Light's notebook and Ryuk was attached to Misa's death note. Because if everything was reversed, Misa dug up her death note and Rem came attached with it. And Rem became the person with which Misa has to make the second ideal. Rem actually gives a shit about Misa. Rem wants Misa to live a long life. Rem wants Misa to be safe. Rem would have talked Misa out of it. Rem would have moved heaven and earth to get Misa to not make that ideal again. And Light did not want to risk that. So instead, he made sure that when Misa dug up her death note, she would be greeted by Ryuk. Who couldn't give less of a shit. Who couldn't give less of a crap about Misa's well-being. And Ryuk gladly took Misa up on the offer to do the ideal. Ryuk gladly said, okay, let's do the thing. And Rem was nowhere to be seen. Rem had no opportunity to say, hey, no, that's another half of your lifespan. Rem had no opportunity to beg Misa not to do it. Light considered the eventuality of Misa forgetting L's name and planned for it accordingly. Planned for it with absolute certainty so that he could use Misa to see L's name again. God damn it. This works on so many levels. First off, it's another example of Light being an absolute genius. Second, second, it really solidifies just how toxic and horrifying that Light-Misa dynamic is. Because Light literally manipulated Misa, backed her into a corner to the point where in order to gain the love she desperately craves, she'd have to give up another half of her life on top of the half of her life she already gave up. That... that, that that's big brain moves. That's big brain moves! Big brain moves, brilliant, brilliant moment of just showing how toxic and manipulative light is towards Misa, like, it's just, it works on so many levels. This moment is fantastic on so many levels. Uh, so then we get this ending, where Misa returns with Ryuk, uh, nudges Light with the piece of paper, so Light can see Ryuk again. 
and Misa's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember Elle's name, oh, but I made the ideal again, and White sort of feigns uh, concern, like, no, idiot, uh, why would you do that? You gave up half your lifespan, oh, how... How horrible. (laughs) How horrible. And meanwhile, Rem, in the, uh, in the task force, uh, central pub deal, watching the surveillance footage, looking at Light and Misa with Ryuk and realizing what's happened and can't do anything about it. Cannot do anything. A single thing about it. Ah, oh. oh, it's great. It's it's fantastic. And so now, both Kiras are back in operation. Both Kiras are uh, have returned to their former glory, and now their new target is L. I really want to say shit. I really want to say shit, but I can't. Anything I say at this point would be a spoiler. I'll just say this. One more episode left in this arc. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh freaking boy. Get ready for some insanity. I'll just say that much. Uh, Anyway. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow, we will be discussing episode 25. Talk to you then. Hey, guys. We have a lot of fun here discussing teenagers murdering people with magic notebooks. But while we sit talking about our favorite Japanese media, Asian Americans across this country are suffering from a monstrous wave of hatred, discrimination, and violence. This type of bigotry is nothing new. It's existed for, well, pretty much as long as America has been a thing, but it has increased dramatically over the past year in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and the hateful rhetoric of former President Donald Trump. Average, everyday Americans are being targeted every day for no reason other than the way they look, and they need your help. If you would like to help put an end to this horrific trend, please go to GoFundMe.com slash AAPI and donate whatever you can. That's GoFundMe.com slash AAPI. Thank you.